Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hot Takes Podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. In each episode, you will be hearing from a thought leader, a coach, a trainer, a speaker, someone who is desiring to bridge the gap between where you are and where you desire to be. Their stories will be authentic. Their stories will be humbling. Their stories will be impactful. So please tune in and enjoy. What's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? Happy Monday. It's Monday, y'all. It's Monday, and it's another Hot Takes episode where y'all, we, you know, we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. But I got a rock star ready to drop some dimes on y'all. Today, we got Miss Yanchi Wilson is back in the building. So, Yanchi, 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 what's up? Hey, how are you? You know, if I was doing any better, it'd be illegal. You know how that go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, for those who are just being introduced to you and the awesomeness of you, uh, tell people who you are, where you're at in the world, uh, and then we'll get rolling. Awesome. So, again, my name is Yunchi Wilson, and I help B2B marketing organizations transform their marketing into sales enablement. Um, that's done via workshops, training, and courses. And um, I advise them on the process all the way through. And I am located in sunny Portugal. You jealous, 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 jealous. <laughs> uh, so we, we're not going to get on that yet because uh, we're going to figure it out how to how to trend set that direction. Uh, but Yon, talk, talk to us about this idea of of B2B marketing and how this ended up your thing. What where did this come from? Oh, my God. It's funny because B2B marketing shows me I did not choose it. Um, When I was in college, I was heavily in the entertainment world. I mean, this was this was back during the time when Beyonce was still with Destiny's Child. Um, Cisco was still with a group like the entertainment industry was where it was at. And I wanted to be a marketer. You know, I wanted to like tour with bands and things like back in the day. And then I was like, yeah, but that grunt work, though, like <laughs> I saw what A&Rs were going through and, you know, the the politics of it all. And so I was like, well, let me try my hand at this whole, you know, corporate thing. And I became an intern with Microsoft. So I started off um, being the campus rep for all of Microsoft back when the Xbox came out and they had Halo. And I started doing launches and things for the university. And I fell in love with it. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm at the cutting edge of this all. And so I took that internship and ran with it, went and got my uh, first tech job with a, um, a smaller tech company in Houston and fell in love with marketing. And I kind of self-taught everything. I went to school for communications and advertising, but Photoshop, YouTube, uh, when Facebook was first coming out for businesses, I taught myself how to do all of that, build websites. And then as it continued to transcend, I began to really learn about customers and event planning and all of the dynamics. So the culmination of my now 16 years of experience is based on that, (laughs) all of those things from back then. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, And you talked about the evolution, right, of, of, you know, purpose and these things choosing you. Um, 
but in in your world because there's there's something different about the way you do business and so when people hear b2b marketing you may you know think of big box you may think of um you know relationship management behind the scenes the tugging and toil of of business and and what that looks like but how do you approach what you do i am a people first person um i tell everyone my biggest skill set is kind of psychology i study human behavior why they do the things that they do it doesn't matter what product or service it is that you have people are buying based on a specific benefit um and there's always a, a logic the logical and emotional um, points that you have to consider. And for so long in the B2B world, it was only logical. I remember sitting in conference uh, conference rooms where it was like, well, you know, the justification and the ROI and the da da da. And my, in my mind, I was always like, well, what about how he feels about his boss? What about how he feels about, you know, the worry of managing a $50 million budget? What about the team that he has? What if some of them suck and they don't have the skill sets and he has feels like he has to compensate? None of these things were being discussed. And it, and it always was weird that it wasn't a factor um, in decision-making or when, when we're putting together these marketing products. And so as I grew, I began to comprehend that Marketing is, was so much more than just this top of the funnel activity that we were led to believe, this lead generation activity, and then just handing it off to sales. It became this enabler of not only sales, but of product as well. So it was like this consistent trifecta that needed, that marketing played a role in because uh, for so many years, leadership teams really felt that they, marketing was a cost center opposed to a profit center. And that's simply because they didn't comprehend the real role of marketing. And that was because of lack of data. So once I started putting together all of those pieces, I said, that's what the problem is. You guys, the puzzle pieces aren't coming together because you have siloed systems and processes. Someone needs to come in and make them all work together. And that's kind of how I found my ability to step into this fractional CMO and this trainer to teach them guys, you need to look outwards because if you bring all of these pieces together, the sales cycle becomes shorter, teams work better together, productivity is better, go to market is faster. All the things they've been wanting to do really do begin with marketing. So, so in a perfect world, you got people out there, they're listening. It sounds like mundane, simple, like why wouldn't they be already doing this? But you you bring up something you really point out something in, in organizations where you you get to the nitty gritty of beginning to break down core belief systems. What is it about that process that that uh, your your words uh, needs to be upended or, or discussed? So core belief systems, as it's one of the things I teach when finding your ideal client and also in internal speak. Um, it's something to consider when you're dealing with any decision maker within your organization. It's an it's a defector um, because it's invisible. You don't know when it's going to take over. And um, if you don't know this person personally or anything about them, it can kind of be triggered. And you're like, where the heck did that come from? And <laughs> it, it varies by generation, too, or by religious belief systems or morality. And when these things step in, they take over all logic. And um, especially, you know, you can see this really easily with baby boomers and millennials. Baby boomers, on average, feel like millennials are very lazy. They're entitled. They're all of these things. And millennials are like, you guys are stuck. 
Like you, you don't want to change. You're not allowing room for innovation. And this is why we can't pro, you know, progress. These are in really quick and easy identified uh, core belief systems that keep a company stagnant. So a perfect example is some organizations will build around the sales teams. They'll put together legacy systems. They'll put together processes. Um, they'll have they'll allow the sales system sales teams to go rogue, and then marketing finds out about it after the fact. And now they've got to make up for whatever sales is doing. How is they? How are they supposed to work hand in hand when marketing is supposed to generate leads that then get handed over to sales? But they have no idea what sales is doing. How does that function? So it's these thought processes and systems that have to be audited and identified to say, where are we failing and where, what could we be doing better immediately from a process standpoint before we even look at our systems? Because we live in a day and age where, you know, now we were forced into digital where companies were, you know, thought maybe they had more time to kind of transform this whole digital transformation thing. They were forced into it. And now it's here to stay. It's not, we're not going back to what was. So in order to effectively move forward, we have to audit everything now so that you don't end up as a Kodak or a Blockbuster or some of these other companies that thought they could just keep running the wheel, keep doing the same exact thing, expecting a different result. And that is literally the definition of insanity. Yeah, it's funny um, because even in the coaching realm, um, in challenging um even that thought process, right? Because you'll you'll have, you know, kind of the glass half empty or glass half full conversation, even on that definition of insanity, because it in their minds, people are going to, well, it worked. The way we lived, it worked. And, and I believe that there needs to be an upgrade to the mindset is what I, which I believe you're really speaking to, but also from a foundational standpoint of actually reassessing if those things that you called core beliefs really still are a thing and then pull forward or update what actually is our message here. And I really believe like that's that's the fight. Right. Because you, you're trying to hold on to. Well, it, we, it worked out. And like you said, I, and again, I said it last week. I was like, if we would have volunteered, if all of us would have said, I want to live in Portugal and we and on our own accord. We signed up just like you and your family take this world tour and all the rest of these things on our own accord. We were restricted to these areas. We're able to go. Then all of us hands up. I'm ready to rock. But when we had we got made to shift is where I believe now more than ever, like you got into this before people like started kicking and screaming about change. Like now it's like if you don't, you'll end up the new next case study as it pertains to not being able to keep up. What is it about? Because you talk about the people part of it and pe people don't like getting spooky, but it's really, I, I hear the feelings and emotions that are wrapped up to it. Like how much of that are you having to deal with? The feelings and emotions of leaders that you're engaging. Oh, ton of it because oftentimes, so think of the, think of it like this, especially if you're in the B2B world. Once you leave college, typically you don't get additional training. The information that you learn is typically hands-on, it's in the field and you scale and you grow. And if you've never been outside of your industry, you only know the information that's congruent to that industry. So 
when you start getting in young, fresh talent who's been in a bunch of different industries or startups or all of these things, that level of intimidation comes in. So of course there's going to be that emotional play. Of course you want to maintain the status quo because that's where you thrive. But is where you thrive hindering the company? Is that hindering growth, productivity, and innovation? You can't scale based on where you were because where you were served for a different time. And so in order to move forward effectively, you have to base everything. And I tell every single one of my clients is everything you do is based on your ideal client profile, where you spend your time, where you are on social media, the activities, the content, everything should be based on that. If it's based on anything that's not that, it is a complete waste of time. It's not income producing base activities. So when I walk into organizations and I find that, you know, the, the time gap, so much time being spent on, oh, well, we're on Twitter. Well, why are you on Twitter? Well, because, you know, such and such says that we need to be. Well, show me your ideal client profile. We don't really have one of those. Well, I can tell you where your problem is. <laughs> we, let's let's start with the foundation. So when when you know you're talking about leaderships uh people who are in leadership right now really feeling that crunch it's because there's this gap in knowledge and skill set and that's where i focus on coming in to help upskill them because going to spend 50 grand on theory on things that aren't applied knowledge and activity that's happening in today's world is not going to help them move the needle. They need to work with individuals who have been in various organizations, in various cross-functional teams to say, These, this is the way you need to be looking at things, not tactically, but very strategically. And this is how you do so effectively without feeling intimidated. You're not supposed to know everything as a leader. You're supposed to enable those that are around you. and. The reality is, is that, you know, it's going to take some time to adapt to this new reality. They're going to have to be okay now with this new change, because if they're not, then that new fresh talent who's hungry is going to take over. That's that is just the honest to God truth. And and, and I, I really believe, you know, what's what's happening there too, uh, Yanchi, and, and just the experience that I've had with leadership development is having to to manage ego. Right. Because because nobody. <clears throat> likes to believe that um, they what they know is outdated um, even more so they don't like to be told about it um, and but it's those leaders who lean into that as a gift feedback as a gift and saying hey what is the market telling us how are we needing to shift and and you really speak to something particularly around the area of design of, of a service and product that people actually need. And you pointed to the cool factor, right? I was talking today to my my, my social media admin and she's like, you going to get on TikTok or do real? I said, for what? I said, for what? Like I was, I was like, right. I'm really like, do we have content currently that we can use? Like, like that, like that's my thing. I'm all about repurposing what we've already done. Yes. I'm not trying to do anything yeah. new, all the rest of this, but if, but if it's where coaching and all the rest of this stuff is going, I said, until, let, let's keep it there. Let's create a strategy and then let's do something that makes sense. Right. And because at the end of the day, what is it about trends that cause people to be like, oh, my God, we need to do it. <laughs> what is it? What is it about that stuff? You know what? It's the numbers game. It's the social proof factor. So it's like when you go, if you're if you're in the middle of downtown, let's say in in L.A. and you're looking at all of these nice restaurants and you see this kind of 
quiet looking demure restaurant and not so many people are hanging out there. There's, there's a couple of people seated, but then you see one that's got lines all the way down, you know, to some boulevard. You're like, oh my God, they've got to, it's got to be amazing in there. And it may not be, the food might suck. Um, but because so many people are there, it's that social proof factor. So when you see people on Instagram who's got all of these followers and they're doing the reels and then you see someone on you know, Twitter or like you know, Burger King has said something and that's like, oh my God, now that's gone viral because it's been on Buzzfeed. You, you start getting that anxiety of, okay, I'm missing out on something. There's something I'm not doing. And the only reason you feel that way is because you're not rooted in who your ideal client is. Because if you were, you'd be spending time in those spaces because at the end of the day, what you're looking for is growth. You're not looking for more numbers. You're looking to be influential to a very specific core audience. And if you aren't feeling that way, it's because you don't have a co cohesive strategy. You're doing tactical things. You're showing up here and you're showing up there and you're trying to see, okay, which one is going to hit? That, that literally makes no sense. And that's why having a buyer's journey that is um, formulated with tactics will help you better identify where you should be spending your time and not getting caught up in this numbers game. Like on Instagram, I've got like 99 followers and I'm sure like half of them are people that I directly know, such as friends. But you guess what? I'm not worried about it because when I'm, my core audience is mid-market to enterprise. Guess where they're spending their time? Not IG, LinkedIn. And oftentimes in the DM. So, you know, when you're talking about people who are facilitators or are advisors, I have I've, I've met consultants who don't have a website, who have never once touched social media, but thrive ridiculously. And they're known very well because they're good at what they do. They focus on referrals and they focus on repeat business because that's what works for them and their ideal audience. We have to stop getting so caught up in this idea or notion that every time a new social media platform pops up, we need to have a presence on there. We need to secure that when it, when our ideal audience doesn't exist there to do business. There's a difference between them existing there versus them being there to do business. And it, and 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 I and I love that you're getting to the bottom line of it. If if it doesn't make dollars, it don't make sense. And and and, and oh. I mean, let's let's be honest, y'all. Like we all are doing purposeful work, but let's be clear. We like to enjoy life. We like to be able to take care of ourselves and our families and those we love. And from time to time, enjoy ourselves. Like, let's be honest. And and I love one of the things that I love that I gained over the past you know, six years since I transitioned out of the military was the understanding of the B2B side of the house where you talk about that referral. You talk about that relationship, uh, because, again, that referral like in business, that's the best thing for a business owner. Is to get a referral or someone can, that's a hot, that's a hot or guarantee, right? And, 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 and again, that's like the big joker. The big joker in spades, like that's what referrals should turn into for you. And and when you think about just building up that side of, of a person's business, and you think about the the time for sales and marketing structure to change, what is it about? those organizations that need to shift in a meaningful way? Oh, it ends up being the easy of fusion factors. Um, they, they end up needing, number one, to identify the areas that are broken. And that's hard to admit. 
when you've been operating one way for such a long time to go and look at, look at, say, okay, what are we doing? That's not working because it means that somebody's at fault and nobody wants to raise their hand to say, you know what, my bad. It, it was me. No one wants to do that. So it's, it's being able to say, look, this is a team effort. We want to fix a relationship of some sort that's broken in this organization so that we can be better. You cannot fix a problem that you have not identified. So that's, that's step one. And then step two is to say, we're open to creating a new way of working in order to move forward, in order to better serve our clients. And the thing is, is like you've touched on something that was so pivotal, which was ego. The ego sits so much in what we've done and who we are that some organizations are obsessed with the idea of that, that they're not willing to innovate for the new customer. They're not willing to innovate for the current customer and their needs. So it takes assessing also that next step to say, how do we become the best next version of ourselves to better serve the people that are currently paying us, which is that's a whole other topic, retention. <laughs> and then how do we ensure that our products categorically meet them where they are? And that's that's a whole other you know, thing because we, companies will have a, a, a really great product, but it's not being translated in a way that fits the specific needs and problems of their ideal client. And the only reason that the only reason that that messaging ends up being broken is because they haven't correlated the current problem, which is their point A, to the transformation that their product can deliver, which is that point B. And once they can figure that out and then begin correlating those processes with sales and products, you basically become a whole brand new organization without shifting a whole lot of crazy things. It doesn't require a lot. It's just communication and processes. And then we can look at systems later on. You know, it's just it feels like a lot. <laughs> yeah, you you man, you you just you just threw the biggest cuss word out there in the world. Communication. Um, <laughs> y'all, y'all, if if you're going to be in business or an internal consultant or whatever it is, you got to be prepared to communicate at a high level, because even as a business owner. Right. And everybody. Early on, everybody, what's your niche? What's your niche? What's your niche? And I'm like, yo, I got so annoyed with the just the conversation. But really, it was like, hey, what's what's your narrow focus? And 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 then once you got to your narrow focus, you it now narrows the message. And then you could actually have a high level conversation with someone when you're not saying I could do it all, right? And you think about the sales and the marketing teams. It's like, okay. With like this one time at Bandcamp, this is what we did. And that's the message that they tell. Or it's the, hey, look over here, shiny stuff, shiny stuff. And, and, and it's smoke and mirrors. And so now it's just like, hey, let's just sit down. Let's go back to old school rock drill type stuff and actually talk about what are our needs. And I really believe you pointed to something there from a communication standpoint and really the understanding of how to communicate the actual need. Because it's like emotions, right? It's like feelings, right? And you talked about how do you address the emotions of people? Because emotionally, we'll say the vanity metrics, that's what we really want to go after when you really have a revenue issue. It's not the van like the vanity metrics. And, and one thing you said is do the vanity metrics transition in and translate to dollars for the business. And if they right. don't, it doesn't make sense to go there. And so when you think about 
the baseline communication. Because again, the assumption can't be everybody immediately is going to walk into a meeting, know how to communicate their, their need perfectly. And then you're going to be like, you know what? Let me go to my shelf. I'll pull that off and it'll perfectly fit. How do you help a client calm their nerves enough to be vulnerable to identify the real need? So it, it's kind of a twofold question mm -hmm. because you end up realizing that you need to deal with the internal emotions and things that are happening within the organization and then the external. Because in order to break down the external, they have to comprehend again, where are we broken internally? What's happening with you, business leader? Let's talk about what keeps you up at 3 a.m. What are the things that's happening today that's preventing you from being able to scale, to grow, to attribute that information? And once we begin to talk about them, oftentimes I find that people just open right up because I, re I really want to get to know you. Tell me, okay, tell me about your processes. Tell me about how the marketing team functions. Tell me what communication is like. Okay, well, it sounds like that might be a little tough for you. Tell me about what it's like being at, you know, do you get to spend time with your kids? How is your spouse like you dealing with all of these hours? Because it, it's all a part of that. If you don't have a happy employee who is able to, you know, have the proper resources along with the sponsorship from leadership team, it's going to impact their home life. And if it impacts their home life, well, guess what? You have you got a double whammy right there. There's no way that they can effectively function externally to your customers if in the internal processes are broken. So that's kind of that step one. And then once we're able to really kind of identify those things and, and kind of correlate, okay, what can we fix now? What can we fix in the immediate, like in the first 90 days? We begin looking externally, but in a different way. Instead of creating this, this segmentation of, oh, our, our, Karen is our persona and she's a happy mom and she likes to do these things and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. We're going to start with what size business it is, what industry are they in, what department are they in, what issues is that department particularly having, and how do does this product solve this issue? Let's get really granular. And then we're going to create marketing messaging around that specifically. Boom, we're going to do it again for the next industry and the next. And most companies don't do marketing this way because it's exhausting. It's time consuming. And the fact is they want more of a one to many kind of message. But guess what? One to many stopped working. <laughs> You've got to be more customized. You have to really be able to speak that unique language. If I am in the transportation and logistics industry, what I'm experiencing in marketing is totally different than what someone is experiencing in the biotech industry. So I have to be able to correlate timely and relevant messaging based on the current pain points, not just this broad based level of pain points. So you develop your content, your messaging and things to correlate that very specifically. And that's where B2B organizations, all companies have to move forward to. That's why understanding your ideal client profile is essential and you can't cater to everybody because doing that simple exercise, unless you have a massive marketing organization, you're not going to be able to create effective, consistent and poignant messages that cater to those industries. Man, I, there are so many things I love about <laughs> what you just said, um, but particularly I'm just thinking about what you talked about is really business relationship management. That's that's really what this is in, in making sure that because if you do that message trying to, you know, throw the net, cast the net out wide, some clients that you have on board, I'm like, well, that sounds different than what got me on board and what I said yes to. And and you begin reaching and then they're like, 
are you still who we said yes to? And so for me, it's like, okay, being building out a behavior and a consistency in who you serve, why you serve, and, and then what what you, you use as a product and service is, is how you become known in the industry. It's not, you don't become known for being a scatterbrain. Like you do, you get a rep for being scatterbrain. But one of the things that builds you up while you get repeat business is people like, hey, solid, solid, knows what they're doing. This is what you're going to get when you engage with them. And if they get introduced to you, that's why I love the, the again, I love the understanding of B2B is because relationships run deep in, in, in B2B. And, and in one of those things is it's relationship management on the back end. And so your sales, your messaging, they need to be on point. They also need to be consistent. And that translates to what you began with in core beliefs and a behavior, a lifestyle that someone, when they experience you through your words, through your messaging, they're getting you all the time. And so, Yanchi, thank you so much for, for being here today and just dropping a little bit more, more diamonds on folks. But I don't want to hoard you. I want people to find out how can they connect with you? How can they get their teams connected with you? Go ahead. Tell them everything. Absolutely. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, find me at Yunchi Wilson as Y-U-N-C-H-E Wilson. Um, you can also find me directly on my website, which is SolomonBellMGMT.com. And uh, I'd be happy to speak with you about how to really help your marketing teams uh, get upskilled, get the training that they need. Um, if you're looking just maybe for some on-demand courses, something just to kind of get their feet wet, I have that as well, as well as more intimate workshops with you, uh, that are one week and then you get 90 days support. So that way you guys can implement. I really believe that instructional teaching requires that additional support. Um, so just, you know, when you're learning something new, you find ways to implement, you can ask me questions and I want to make sure that you and your organization succeed. Well, Yanchi, I want to thank you so much for, uh, again, just sharing your, your gift, uh, your time and, and the talent of you. Um, so those please avail yourself. And you already got one person that says they're connecting now um, with you just to build build out their community. Because, again, you you have added so much values to mine. And, and again, y'all, this is a new connection. Me and Yanchi, we just got real cool in 2021 y'all so so it, right. it can happen when you do it in a meaningful way and so y'all again y'all understand what hot text is all about we come have humble open and transparent conversations with practitioners who are doing the work they know what coveralls and work boots look like when it comes to doing the work that they love doing and so again if you're a speaker you're a trainer you're a coach you're someone who believes you have a message that you would like to share and you you believe you catching the vibe from the people I've already interviewed this year, reach out to me, direct message me so we can connect. And tomorrow y'all be, I'm excited because y'all guess what? I'm meeting more amazing people. And we got a special edition hot takes happening tomorrow with some authors and some leadership training folks. So tune in tomorrow at noon. So Yanchi, thank you once again, everyone be safe, be safe, be safe. And we'll be talking soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another Hot Takes podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. Please share, like, comment.
comment, subscribe. Uh, we love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. So until next time, make sure you present yourself every single day with intentionality. Actions over ideas always win.